So again, my pranam to all of you, and thanks so much for <clears throat> the invitation to share some words today. Uh, in this case, about the topic of Sadhu Sangha, in connection to our previous meeting, which was like, I don't know, almost two months ago or something like that, month and a half ago, where we started speaking about Shraddha, uh, in connection to this nine stages of bhakti that are uh, presented by um, Srila Rupa Goswami in his Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu and after are being also dealt with in detail, further detail by Sri Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur in his uh, Madhurya Kadambini. So, uh, can now... Translate or... Oh yes, I forgot. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, give me one second. There is some noise behind. So, <clears throat> since our in our first meeting we spoke about Shraddha, today we will be speaking about Sadhu Sangha. In our previous meeting we also spoke about Sadhu Sangha, but a Sadhu Sangha, let's say, that comes before Shraddha. We spoke about how um, Shraddha or Bhakti is a result of Sadhu Sangha. And after that initial Sadhu Sangha, some Shraddhas, some faith, some devotional faith comes and, and takes us for further Sadhu Sangha. Yeah, we, we explained in our previous talk that bhakti is coming from bhakti, which means bhakti is coming from sadhu sangha. So bhakti is not something inherent in the soul, bhakti is uh, the essence of swarup shakti, while we as souls are jiva shakti or tatasta shakti. So, bhakti is a gift that we cannot give to ourselves, basically. But it's a gift that is coming from above, from outside of ourselves, from above ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, that agency, that above agency is called Sadhu Sangha. So when that Sadhu Sangha touched our lives, mixed in our journey, life after life, somehow or other we, re- we received some <clears throat> bhakti, some scar, what we call. 
Интепновено тази само сага, защото сме се умешвали в различните си живот от живот. В някакъв момент сме получили така да се нарече бакти самскара. By entering in touch with the bhakta, with the devotee, we receive bhakti samskara, some devotional impressions. Като влизаме в контакт с бактите, с предноданите, ние получаваме такива бакти самскара. So, so we are Tatasta Shakti, but at that moment we started to enter in touch with Bhakti Shakti or Sarup Shakti. Can you hear me? Yes, but Mahaprabhu disappears. Oops. Did you hear the last part? We don't hear you if you are speaking. Okay. And I say that we are Tatasta Shakti, but at, that, at, at some point in our life we get in touch with Bhakti Shakti or Sarup Shakti. Do you know Wi-Fi is? I mean, I think it's your problem, it's your connection that has a problem, because other devotees has no problem, have no problem. Yeah, okay, everything is okay. The rest can hear me, apart from Mahaprabhu, the other ones, can you hear me properly? Yes. And I, I and I am I wonder who who of who of you need Bulgarian translation? Because I think all of you speak English, right? Or not? I think, the idea, I think the idea is that maybe if somebody is listening to the recording... And I understand, okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, I think this is usually why we do it okay, like this. Okay, okay. So I don't know, maybe Mahaprabhu is having some connectivity problem. Mm-hmm. I think I'm back. <laughs> yeah, we think, this, yeah. We, think yeah. we think the same, yeah. Sorry. So can you hear me properly now? Yes, yes. Our internet here crashed. Hmm. Okay, so I, I continue. So I was saying that we ourselves being Tatasta Shakti at one point in our journey we enter in touch with Bhakti Shakti. So we receive this devotional impression and we develop some affinity towards and that represents the first contact in our life or in our lifetimes maybe in this one or previous one who knows with Bhakti so that gives rise eventually to Shraddha, which is faith, and we spoke about different types of faith as well. There is a more, if you will, sentimental or mundane faith, and there is much more and more uh, well-thought scriptural faith. Има сантиментална, така ежедневна вяра, така да се каже, както и по-добре обмислена, съответно с писанията вяра. The first one, we have faith according to our own emotions, or our own conditioned mind. And in the second one, we are having faith in what is coming through revelation, through Shastra. 
първия случай има вяра в тези неща, които съответстват на нашата емоция и нашето настроение и това, което идва на ум, а второто е вяра в откровенията на разкритите писания. So the first type of faith is called low-kiki shraddha, or if you will, mundane faith, and the second one is called shastriya shraddha, or scriptural faith. Първият се нарича low-kiki shraddha, такава ежедневна вяра, и другото е шастрия shraddha, вяра проден от писанията. So ideally when we, I mean of course scriptural faith implies you have to learn scripture and you start to develop faith in what scripture is revealing. No, and of course you will learn scripture by someone. It's not that you just take the book and you learn the scripture. It's not just taking the book but hearing from the ones who represent the book, personified. So eventually we start to take guidance and become specifically inspired by certain figures in our life that become our main point of reference in our spiritual life. И така постепенно ние получаваме вдъхновение от различни личности, които стават нашите основни водачески сили в живота. So that's the point where we arrive to what we will speak today, this second sadhusanga, if you will. И това е момента, в който пристигаме до днешната тема, за тази втора sadhusanga, така да се каже. So according to both Rupa Goswami and Bishwana Chakrabarti Thakur, this second sadhusanga will have a lot to do with the idea of taking shelter in a guru and accepting diksha and siksha and so on. Според Рупа Госами Шивачакривакти Такур, втора садосанка има отношение към това да се приеме под слон в гору, дикша, шикша и така нататък. Садосанга има доста широк спектър от проявления, нали не е просто едно нещо, за когато говорим Садосанга, за много неща можем да мислим. So basically the idea is after having awakened some faith in the path of bhakti, next necessary step for this aspirant is to take shelter in a guru. И всъщност след като вече сме събудили вярата в бхакти, следващата необходима стъпка за този стремящ към духовно развитие човек е да поеме при да приеме потом в гуру. Now we will explain, of course, what does the mean of taking shelter, of course. Сега ще обясним всъщност какво означава разистина да вземеме потом. So this will be, as I say, the second sadhu sangha. First was the one that awakened faith and bhakti, some scars, and this is the second one when we consciously try to increase those some scars. В първия случай е тази садосага, която нали събужда нашето бхакти, а в втория случай е когато ние съзнателно се опитваме да подхождаме тези съм скажи впечатления на това. We develop certain faith in bhakti as the topmost process for us and we try to properly exclusively focus in that direction, so naturally we need some powerful connection to progress in that path. 
когато се развие нашата вяра в бакти и <към> в този смисъл ние решим, че искаме нали, да дадем ексклюзивност, т.е. да се посветим на нея, то тогава ни трябва вече и специфична водачеството. Тук вече идваме при важността и ролята на Шри Гуру. And of course there may be different opinions about the idea of guru. Uh, some people may say you don't need a guru, you can be your own guru, things like this. може да има различни мнения по въпроса за гуруто, някои хора да кажат нямаш нужда от гуру, можеш да си сам на себе си гуру и такива неща. I remember when I was teenager I was reading Krishnamurti and once he said you shouldn't let anyone tell you what to do. Помня като тинейджър, че тях Джидо Кришнамурти и там той пише, че не трябва да казваш на никой, да даваш на никой да ти казва какво да правиш. In other words, he was saying you don't need a guru. That was the context. So he was saying you shouldn't allow anyone to tell you what to do, but he was actually doing that. He was telling someone what to do. Той казваше всъщност нямаш нужда от някой да ти казва какво да правиш, но той това правеше, казваше ти какво да правиш, казва ти какво да правиш в тази So my point is My point is, as no matter how much you try to escape from that idea, you always will end up in the necessity of having a guidance in whatever you do in life, what to speak, the highest goal. The idea is that you can do what you do, you can't get away from that idea. You can't get away from that idea. You can't get away from that idea. Now again, due to different reasons, some people may say, you don't need the guru. Uh, or I had a bad experience with one guru, with two gurus, whatever. Different, different cases may be there. But still, even if you have some, if, even to go to the extreme, some traumatic experience in connection to a guru figure, this still, the, still the principle is there. You need a guru. Но ако стигнем до края, да си кажем, че преди да имаш някакво драматично преживяване с а, такава гуру личност, то това все пак принципа си е там. Това е това, което 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 е там. So my point is this, no, no matter what has happened in our life, still the principle is there, we need a guru. But we should also understand why we need a guru. Because we can also make of this a sectarian imposition or whatever, no? Fundamentalist idea, you need a guru. So this is what that's what our Upanishad said, no? If you are after the highest wealth in life, You must have a guru. В това писание се казва, ако си се, ако търсиш и преследваш тази най-висша цел в живота, трябва да имаш гуру. The verb there is in the imperative case. You must. Ибабига чет. You must have it. 
А в а, това изречение всъщност глаголът е в императивно But again, this is not a, some sort of imposition, but like when you really need something, you really need to do something in order to do, do, to do something, someone will tell you, you have to do this. So if you need, if you want to attain love of Krishna, you need the, the contact, the connection with someone who is in that um, vibration, if you will, that frequency. You need to learn about the, the practice, no? the how to proceed in order to reach that goal from someone who may instruct you properly. Трябва нали, да разбереш а, знанието, да получиш инструкциите от някой, който ти помага как да го разбереш правилно. And not only that, that, not, not only that person may instruct you properly, but also may have the perfect example for you to have as the, the constant reference point in your own practice. Не само, че този човек може да те инструктира правилно, ами той може да бъде и твой перфектен пример, като точка към която да се обръщаш винаги в своята практика. Because our goal, our goal is love for Krishna and Guru ideally represents the personification of that love, the personification of that goal we are after. Защото нашата цел, ако е любов към Кришна, то Гуру обикновено пресъздава, персонифицира тази цел. As we always say, Krishna likes to reveal himself to his devotees. Because devotees represent a particular form of bhakti, of devotion to Krishna. So wherever there is bhakti, Krishna has to be there. It's not that wherever Krishna is, Bhakti has to go there. It's wherever Bhakti is, Krishna has to go there. Krishna is a puppet in the, in the hands of Prada. That's the reality. He says in Chaitanya Tritamrita, I am a student in the dancing of school of Prada and she's my guru and her prem makes me dance so many wonderful dancings. So sometimes it is said that the service to the guru is one aspect of the service to Krishna. But Srila Jiva Goswami says a higher conception is to think of service to Krishna as an aspect of service to Guru. So that gives much more pleasure to Krishna. So again, some words about why it's so important to have a guru. And this has been sta- stated all along all Vedic scriptures.
И това се заявява през целите ведически писания. Ако нещо имаш нужда да научиш в този свят, като цяло ти имаш нужда от учител да те научи на So what to speak if you want to learn how to love, if you want to develop something that is not inherently inside you? А какво говорим за това, ако искаш някой да научи, ако искаш да се научиш как да обичаш нещо, което в принцип не е в теб? So in that case we really need the connection of someone who is on that side and who represents our own potential fully developed. Този смисъл ти трябва връзка с някой, който от тази страна вече пристигнал. So let's go for a minute to, to the qualities, ideal qualities that we should find in a guru, some symptoms of his, in his behavior, her behavior. So there is one famous verse in the Srimad Bhagavatam that is generally quoted in this regard. Има един известен стих в Шимат Багава, там който се цитира обикновено в този, mm-hmm. от тази тема. Тесмат Гуру Прападита, Джигнасу Сраяутамам, Садди Парича Нишнатам, Брамани Упасама Сраям. So here the, the symptoms of, of bona fide guru are being listed. Тук биват изборени симптомите на един квалифициран гуру. And also the symptoms of the disciple are mentioned there. Но също и симптомите, качеството на симптомите на един ученик, на ученика също се Because it's not only about finding the right guru, but being the proper disciple as well. Защото не е само да намериш правилния гуру, ами да бъдеш подходящ ученик също така. Of course we need a proper guru to become a proper disciple also. За разбира се също така и трябва правилния гуру, за да бъдем подходящи последователи. But it can happen that you may have the topmost guru in the universe and you may be not a very nice student. Also, sometimes it is said many people are looking for a guru. Where is my guru? Where is my guru? But the guru is, is asking, where is the disciple? Where is the disciple? He's looking for real disciples. Но гурото пита, къде е ученика, къде е ученика, той търси истински ученици. Again, it's not that he's looking for followers and fame and like this, but he's looking for a real disciple, someone who really serious about what he has to give. Не, че той гуру търси последователи или някаква слава, той наистина търси истински сериозни последователи на това, което той иска да даде. So this happened when, when Sukadev was born and immediately he went out of the womb 16 years and ran into the forests immediately. Това се случва, когато Шука Дева Гослами бива роден, той директно излиза от отробата на 16 години и офейква веднага. А баща му Бяса Дева спочва ти чрез него да го вика, сине, сине, върни се обратно на дома. So we may think, oh, Бяса Дева was a Grihamedi, no, he was attached to his son and whatever, no, things, things like this. Може да мислим, че Вяса Дева е гриха меди, такъв някакъв привързан към сина си. But how can we think of Vyasa Dev like that? He's Vyasa Dev. <laughs> как може да има такива, така да мислим за Вяса Дев, това е Вяса Дев? So actually, which was the reason why Vyasa Dev was running after Sukadev and telling him, please come back, return. 
И всъщност, коя е била причината, за която Веса Тева е тичал след Шукадева, го сами е казал, моля те, моля те, върни се. Актуали Веса Тева е Шукадева е фит кандидат за да стане добър студент, за да научи Багат от мен. Така че искам да се върна, за да се върна всички възможности на Багат в сърцето си. Защото той знае, че Шукадева е един много подходящ ученик, за да, на който да се предаде за... Багава там изтайска, той да го веде при себе си, за да може в сърцето му да го вложи това познание. So again, guru should be there, but disciple should be there of, of all as well. One makes the other. There is no guru without disciple, there is no disciple without, without guru. Guru трябва да бъде там, отново да кажем, на ученика. Те са взаимно зависими. Не може да има ученик без гуру и не може да има гуру без ученик. Единия прави другия. There is no mother without the son, there is no son without the mother. The same idea. Няма майка без син и няма син без майка също иде. So, this verse starts saying Tasmat Gurum Prapadita. Tasmat means therefore Този стих се казва Тасмат. Тасмат означава следователно. So, therefore in this case has to do with the previous verses before this one. Което всъщност не свързва с предишните стихове преди този стих. Where it is described how the student has uh, confirmed the emptiness, if you will, of material attainment and he's so serious, he, she is so serious in his her spiritual pursuit. Където всъщност ученика е потвърдил празнотата на материалните придобивки, преследването на материалните, затова е вече толкова силно фиксиран на своето преследване на So that there is someone who has concluded in that way, who has understood the emptiness of material life and is really seriously hankering for spiritual life, therefore that person can look for a guru. И всъщност идеята е, че този, който наистина осъзнал безмислието на резултата на материалните търсения и е абсолютно фиксиран и отдаден на духовното, то следователно той вече е годен да търси гуру. Because if that adhikar is not there, we as disciples still may go to the guru just asking him to fulfill our material, psychic, emotional needs and not really looking for the real thing. Защото ако този адхикар, квалификация не е на лице, то тогава ние ще при гуруто и ще искаме той да удовлетворява нашите желания, материални желания и психоемоционални нужди, без да идва без още да търсим от него истинското нещо. So we may have, of course, material, financial, emotional necessities to fulfill, no problem, but we should understand, in re- related to a devotional guru, I go in, wa- in that direction for learning a particular subject in a particular way. Не може да имаме определени материални желания, психо-социално, емоционални нужди, а не е проблем. Но трябва да знаем, че по отношение на вайшнава гуруто, нас трябва да отида там, за да науча ни конкретни неща, не нещо друго. So therefore the Bhagavad describes in which way we should learn, which thing should we look for in a guru and, we, and he should be capable to give us what? That will be described in this verse. But again, first two lines describe the disciples, second two lines describe the guru. Тази строфа описват ученика, вторите два стиха описват гуруто. So the verse says, Trasmat Gurum Prapadita Jignasu Shreya Uttaman. Jignasu Shreya Uttaman means 
someone who is inquiring into the highest uh, goal, the highest welfare of, of life. So that person, Tasmat Guru Prabhadita, therefore should Guru Prabhadita should take shelter in a Guru. So, and, and which are the attributes of such Guru that can give such shelter to such person? Sabde pare chanishnatam brahmanyu pasamasrayam. So, sabde pare chanishnatam. Sabde, it means he must be expert in sabda, in the revealed sound. Sabde, it means that he must be expert in sabda, in the revealed Can you hear me, Mahaprabhu? Yes, yes. Okay, okay, okay. So, this means he or she should be expert in the knowledge of the scriptures. No, he should know the matter he, he or she is teaching about. Because if this is not there, the Guru won't be able to remove the doubts from the disciple. The disciple may have questions and doubts, and if the Guru says, Oh, I don't know, oh, I don't know, I mean, he's not in his role. Защото всъщност учител, даден учителят трябва да може да премахне всички съмнения на ученика си. Ако ученика пита, а гурото казва ми не знам, ми не знам, ми не знам, то това не е неговата роля. So, faith in one point means removal of doubt and doubts means questions. So, if we have doubts and questions and there is no answer to those questions, our faith won't grow stronger. Всъщност, вяра също означава липса на съмнения. И ако ти имаш съмнения и няма кой да ти отговори, то тогава някак нашата вяра да расте по-силно. So, this is a first attribute that is mentioned in the Bhagavad, and the Guru should be schooled in, in the revealed message scriptures. Това е първото качество, което споменава в Bhagavad, че Гуру трябва да бъде добре обучен и добре да познава писанията. So he should be expert both in the theory of revelation but as well in its practical application. Той трябва да бъде така добре обучен както в полето на теорията, така и в нейното практично приложение. Because this is not only a theoretical intellectual affair, but there has to be some real insight in one's heart. So това не е някаква интелектуална такава тема, трябва да има наистина прозрение в сърцето на този Гуру. So Guru should know scripture very nicely, but also should have applied the teaching in such a way that realizations and insights have come to his her heart, so he can instill that into the disciple. Така че Гуру трябва да познава много добре писанието, но също така реализация по такъв начин, че в сърцето му да се се появили реализации, които той може да предаде на своят ученик. No? Without insights, we won't be able to have firm ground in which to stand in our devotional project. So, Guru should have theoretical knowledge and practical insight coming from application of those of that knowledge in his or her daily life. Така че Гуру трябва да има практично знание, теоретично, както и практично и това и практичността, която идва от това знание в ежедневния му живот. 
On the last line of the verse, Sabde Parichanishnatam Brahmani Upashama Ashrayam. So he also should be Upashama Ashrayam. So what's the meaning of Upashama Ashrayam? Upashama Ashrayam. So Upashama Ashrayam. Ashrayam means shelter. Sama, Sama means like uh, equanimity, equality, tranquility. Sama means equality or tranquility. What does it mean? Yeah, like equanimity, equality, equality uh-huh. or tranquility. Uh-huh. Yeah, and Upa means like getting close and taking, fully embracing that quality. So in other, in other words, the Guru should be uh, fully in peace, no? fully in balance. He or she should be established in supreme peace. And this implies, of course, being free from the tendencies such as lust, wrath, and all these uh, impulses, greed, envy, and so on. So basically the Bhagavatam is saying, whoever has these qualities depicted in this verse, he can be a bona fide guru. So, in connection to such personality, a, a disciple will eventually go through the different stages that imply this second Sadhu Sangha. So, Srila Rupa Goswami divides it in three stages. First is called Guru Padashraya. Second is Sri Krishna Dikshadi Sikshanam. No problem. Yeah, and third is Bisrambena Guru Seva. Yeah, that's the third one. So we will elaborate a little bit on this tree and continue. So again, Guru Pada Asraya means take shelter at the feet of the Guru. When Srila Rupa Goswami describes 64 limbs of Bhakti, this is the first one of the 64. So by taking proper shelter in the feet of Guru, all the 63 remaining 62 points develop in our sadhana. Because it's the Guru, the one who will instruct us about how to engage in, in those other limbs. So again, as, as, as we said, in order for us to take shelter in the feet of the Guru, first, first we have to understand 
this material world is no shelter at all. Както казахме вече, за да можем ни да приемем подслон в нозете на гуру, трябва да разберем този материален сад въобще не е подслон. Не ни дава. So this, this world is a false shelter. Този свят е едно лъжливо, един лъжлив подслон. So that's called Sanskrit Dura Asraya. Something that appears as Asraya as shelter, but it actually is not a shelter. На Sanskrit се нарича Dura Asraya, нещо, което изглежда като подслон, но всъщност не е. So, by understanding that, we will be thrown into the direction of looking for a real shelter. Разбирайки това, ние ще бъдем хвърлени в посоката да търсим истински подслон. And that's why sometimes the Guru principle is called Asraya Bigraha, or the personification, embodiment of shelter. Затова гуру принципа понякога се нарича Ашрая Виграха или по-скоро въплъщението на подслон. So what, what does this idea of taking shelter mean in, in practical terms? Какво означава в практичен, практичен смисъл това да се приеме подслон? Well, to put it simply, it, we, we could say that after some time that the, the disciple has been listening to a particular guru or devotee, да кажем просто, като известно време ученика е слушал с някой гуру или бакта. So the devotee develops some faith in that person, some affection for that person. Този предаден ученик, който започва да развива някаква вяра и така привързаност към този човек. So that person will go, will get close to the guru and ask for initiation sincerely from his heart. Този човек ще отиде към този гуру и искрено сърцето си ще поиска посвещение. And at least traditionally speaking, in the old Vedic times there was some testing period before this and till this, till initiation. И поне в така традиционно, в ведическо време има период на тест. Нали, от този момент до инициация. No. There is no fixed time, but sometimes it was like, for example, one year where both the gurus get was getting to know go, got to know the disciple and the disciple got to know the guru more in detail. Това е не е фиксирано, но обикновено става дума за една година, в която ученика нали започва да опознава учителя и учителя да опознава ученика в детайл. To really put both sides to test to see that the sincerity, the purity, not with doubt of the other person, but just as in any relationship you have to get to know the person. И нали, да видим всъщност чистотата, нали, искреността на другия, но не с такъв менталитет на съмнение, както във всяка връзка ти искаш да го познаеш другия. It's like, I mean, different case, but for example, before getting married with someone in this world, it's not that you get married after three days of meeting someone. No? It takes some time for getting to know the person. Друг, нали, различен пример, например, ако трябва да се женим за някой в материалния свят, ние не се женим за него след три дена, нали, обикновено Also, maybe after some years of getting to know each other, maybe even living together, both parties decide, okay, yes, we want to go on and to make this connection much more official and formal and we will get married. И може би след няколко години, в което хората се опознават, дори живеят заедно, казват, окей, искаме вече да преминем срещата, да направим нещо официално и да служим. And of course, it doesn't mean that once you get married, there are no tests anymore. <laughs> But you reach a certain particular stage in the relationship. 
So this take you shelter, the guru represents this particular stage. Did you reach that point where both parties agree? Okay, let's go to this next stage. So next stage is diksha or initiation. So that's like the, if you will, formal acceptance no, from the guru to a disciple. So the disciple will be dedicated, we have proper faith, and actually that's what the Guru is accepting, the disciple's dedication and faith. And a disciple needs to have faith and dedication, because without that you won't be able to fully assimilate and understand the teachings coming from the Guru. So after having taken shelter in the Guru and after having received Siksha for a particular time, eventually it comes the moment of Diksha, initiation. And after that Diksha, of course, there will be Another section of Siksha that will come for nurturing the Diksha that was given at this point. As we spoke as a first Sadhu Sangha and second Sadhu Sangha and Estrada in between, here we speak about some Siksha, Diksha and further Siksha. So after this comes the third stage that is mentioned by Rupa Goswami that we mentioned also called Bishram Bena Guru Seva. Which means to serve the Guru with a deep feeling of confidence. Here the special word is Visramba, which can be translated as affectionate confidence. So that should be the, the ideal exchange between the student and teacher. There is some reverence for the teacher, but there is also some affection. And again, all this should be on the basis of a deep trust, a deep faith that will come from the uh, example that Guru is giving to the disciple. So, as much as the disciple embraces the Guru's inner mood, if you will, both of them will become one in that sense. They are embracing a similar mood in, internal. So again, on one side there is veneration because the disciple realizes, oh, the nature of the gift coming from Guru is so big. So some veneration is their respect. On 
But if the disciple takes proper advantage of that gift, eventually that veneration will transform into affection. И ако ученика се възползва по правилен начин от този дар, това преклонение в жене ще приеме формата на, на любов, на обуч, на привързаност. And even though the disciple will feel I am an eternal servant of my guru, there will also some feeling of being equal in the sense of embracing the same mood, the same nature. И въпреки, че ученика ще се чувства, ще казва, аз съм вечен слуга на моя гуру, то ще има някакво чувство за еднакво, защото се прегръща същата природа, същото настроение всъщност става. So all these things are implied in the word Bisramba, that Rupa Goswami gives us how to properly serve the spiritual receptor. Всички тези неща се намекват в тази дума Бишрамбар, която Рупа Госвами дава в идеята как да заслужването на духовничество. And also, of course, when, oh, today we are speaking about Sadhu Sangha, and we know it's not only limited to one single figure, the one that gave us Diksha, but it extends to our whole galaxy of Sadhus. So in this list of 64 limbs of Bhakti, after mentioning these first three, The fourth one Rupa Goswami mentioned has to do with this too, to get associated with other sadhus. So after having taken shelter in a guru, receiving diksha and instructions and siksha and regarding to the practice and devotional conduct, we have the chance of us getting in Sangha with other sadhus. So Srila Rupa Goswami mentions three very important features of how our sadhu Sangha should be. Or how should be the people we are accepting as our Sadhu Sangha? <clears throat> He says Svajatiya, Snigdasya and Svatavara. Which means, let's go one by one. Svajatiya. Svajatiya. Means those Sadhu should be of the same nature as me. We should share some things, important things in common. So same nature can mean many things, mean many things. No, we may have a similar nature in, in material terms, similar psychology, similar mood in, in those terms. Similar nature also means we are coming from the same guru or from the same parivar, the same lineage. Or in a in deeper sense, same we, we are sharing the same inner affinity, same if you will. Inclination to serve Krishna eternally in whatever, Madhurya Ras, Sakya Ras, whatever may be the case. 
И още нали, по-дълбоко, може би, заедно споделяме вътрешната насока на това да служим, как да служим на Кришна вечно, нали, да речем Матурия раса или Сакия раса. So according to our present situation, this idea of Swajatia will apply on a particular level. Спрямо нашата конкретна ситуация, този принцип на Swajatia ще се отнася към различни нива. But the, po- the point is there. We need to associate with sadhus of a similar mood. No, tame to Because again, sadhu sangha implies not a social event, but a heart-to-heart interaction. Защото всъщност Садо Санга, отново казваме, означава не някакъв социално събитие, а връзка. So that will, that will be a very intimate and powerful exchange that will affect our constitution. Това ще бъде много силен и важен обмен, който ще повлияе на нашето същество. Because we will have to open our hearts and let ourselves be affected by that environment. Защото ще отворим сърцата си и ще се оставим да бъдем повлияни от тази среда. Рупа Госвами nicely said in the Upadishambrita, this fourth verse, на Дарати, Прати, Гринати и so on, how we should exchange in a loving way with sadhus. В четвърти стих на Упадишамрита се казва, нали, как трябва да обмен, как, какъв любовни, любовни обмен между садовите. So he there spoke about giving and receiving prasad, giving and receiving gifts, and all revealing our mind, and hearing the other's mind as well. Той там говори за даване и получаване на прасада, даване и получаване на подаръци и също така разкриване на ума, на собствения си ум също така. So Sadhu Sangha is a, it's not a very massive Massive practice, but actually something to be done in a very specific and personal, intimate way. Sorry, you hear me? Uh, now, now yes, but it seems it didn't go out. Did you hear me in my last part? That Sadhu Sangha is uh, a specific practice? Yeah, it's not a massive thing, but a very personal and intimate thing. Of course, we can meet in a retreat or a festival with 300 devotees, and there's, it's, that's a form of Sadhu Sangha, but there's also another type of Sadhu Sangha that will be the one to which we will open our hearts more fully. No, actually, the word sangha doesn't only mean association, but also means attachment. So, sadhu sangha, in other words, means to attach to a sadhu or to different sadhus. So, my point is, sadhu sangha will result in a particular attachment. That we give rise to a particular identity in us. Because our present material sense of identity is a product of our material attachments. That's how the Bhagavad Gita starts. Krishna is saying to Arjuna, kill all the Kurus, kill all your attachments. 
And in one sense, he was saying, kill all your material identity. And you know how Arjuna reacted, such in the same way as we will do, start crying and rolling on the ground and lamenting. So in conclusion, we are our attachments. Tell me what you are attached to and I will tell you who you are. So our material identity is a bright product of material attachment and our spiritual identity will be a byproduct of our spiritual attachments. So sadhu sang again means attached to a sadhu and that attachment will foster a spiritual new identity in us. So that's a very delicate interaction and we should choose properly which will be those people that will affect our lives very strongly. And if we do that properly and we properly attach to the sadhus, that will give us so much strength in our practice. So that's what Chaitanya Chaitamrita says, Sadhu Sangha Sadhu Sangha Sarva Shastra Kavai Labha Matra Sadhu Sangha Sarva Siddhi Hoi. Even by a fraction of a moment of proper Sadhu Sangha, you can attain all perfection. So again, first quality was Svajatya, no? same mode. The second one is Snigda, which means the sadhu should be affectionate to us. So if the sadhu is affectionate to us, that will inspire us to try to serve him, her, and develop our connection. Affection means they are open to give his their blessings, their mercy to the ones who are getting close to them. That's affection. Affection means merciful, in other words. And finally, Swatavara, which means those sadhus should be more advanced than us. They should have more insights and realization than us in connection to bhajan and inner life. So again, if our sadhu sangha is of those three qualities, no, same nature, affectionate and uh, higher than us, that will be a very powerful impact in our life. So my point is that 
the disciple who has accepted the guru, the guru will open the doors to such disciples for getting association of those type of sadhus as well. Because as you know, one may have one Diksha Guru, but one can have so many Siksha Gurus. Of course, having many Siksha Gurus is not a cheap thing. I say, okay, everyone is my Siksha Guru. It's also, there is some commitment in, in those relationships. Nowadays some devotee may feel, oh Maharaj, you post so nice videos in your Facebook, you are my Siksha Guru. And maybe I do not know that person, I have never spoken to that person, there is not communication link, instruction, anything. But, but the person is thinking, oh, you are my Siksha Guru. So that's also to have a Siksha Guru, many, what to speak of many, to have one. Sometimes the Diksha Guru is the main one, but sometimes it can be other. And it's so important to also understand that's a very serious thing. I mean, actually, in one sense, there is no difference between Diksha and Siksha Guru. Can you hear me? Aprabhu? So, actually, the difference between Diksha and Siksha Guru is, is a function. There are different functions only. Yes? Do you hear me? Yes, you can translate. Uh, sorry, can you repeat because yeah. something happened? The difference between a Diksha Guru and a Siksha Guru is something of function. Different functions, that's all. Yes, sometimes the Diksha Guru, sometimes that's the general rule, sometimes the Diksha Guru is the main Siksha Guru for the disciple. But sometimes there are exceptions to the rule and the Siksha Guru may become a most prominent figure in the life of the disciple, some other Siksha Guru, apart from the Diksha Guru. Once one devotee asks Srila Siddhar Maharaj, who is more important, the Diksha Guru or the Siksha Guru? And Silas answered, that one who, are, who is helping you the most. So again, there is not a fixed law. It has to do with personal inspiration and affection and shelter, whatever. So, well, once some words about this idea of what's considered Sadhu Sangha, uh, about this deep and intimate uh, loving exchange that will get us close to sainting, saintlyhood. 
малко думи относно Садо Санга, тази любящ, този любящ от мен, който ще ни доближи до, свет, до светейшеството. Again, ideally Sadhu Sangha means Krishna is revealing himself to the heart of the Sadhu. Идеално Sadhu Sangha означава, че Кришна разкрива себе си през сърцето на Sadhu. So Sadhu Sangha should implies a moment where you have such an experience. Oh, Krishna is revealing in this particular moment. Sadhu Sangha означава, идеално е да има това преживяване. О, Кришна разкрива себе си в този момент. Actually, there is this very nice verse of the Chatur Shloki in the Bhagavad Gita. This is the ninth verse of the tenth chapter. Where Krishna is defining very nicely how Sadhu Sangha should be performed. He says, So basically he's implying, uh, he says, the, the, the mind of my devotees is always connected to me, he says. Not only their thoughts, but their whole pran, the whole life and the goal of their life is in pointing in that direction. Не само техните мисли ми, цялата на живота им сочи в тази посока. They constantly are speaking about me. И те постоянно говорят за мен. They are enlightening one another by speaking about me. И се просветляват един друг, като говорят за мен. That's how they show their affection to each other. Така показват любовта си един към друг. Speaking about the Lord of their lives, their share love with, with, with each other. Antusyanti Charamantica, in this way, they nurture each other, they feed each other, they inspire each other. They enlighten each other, always speaking about me and, and dedicating their lives to my service. Те се посветляват един друг, винаги говорят за мен и посвещават живота си в моя служба. So we see, there, there is very deep, deep commitment in Sadhu Sangha. Виждаме, че има много дълбок ангажимент в Sadhu Sangha. It's not a hobby, it's not a weekend festival, social event. Не е хобби, не е някакво такова фестивално уикендово социално събитие. It's the goal of our life. Това е целта на нашите животи. And we are we may be sadhus on some level now by the grace of the sadhus. But we have to become more and more sadhu-like. No? This, this principle of sadhu is so important that Krishna himself descends as a, as a sadhu in the form of Sri Chaitanya. Този принцип на sadhu е толкова важен, че самия Кришна виза в тази форма. So Sri, Sri Chaitanya is Krishna, God Himself trying to stop being God and becoming a devotee. Mm-hmm. So he can have Sadhu Sangha. So Sadhu Sangha is so important in all every stage of our life. And that's why Chaitanya Charitamrita explains how Sadhu Sangha is crucial 
in the beginning of bhakti, in the middle of bhakti, in the end of bhakti. Krishna Bhakti Janma Mulhoi Salu Sangha, Krishna Prem Janmedeha Punyar Mukyanga. He says the root cause for the birth of Bhakti is Sadhu Sangha. But even when you reach Prem Bhakti, the goal of your life, Sadhu Sangha is still the main practice there. In the spiritual war in Golok Brim Down, there you will have real Sadhu Sangha. <laughs> I mean, we have real Sadhu Sangha now here also, but maybe we are not fully able to take full advantage of that. So again, we are trying to qualify ourselves for for be, for properly honoring this sadhu sang in our life. So try to understand this point. Without sadhu sangha, we cannot practice bhakti. No? Do not cheat yourself thinking, no, I will continue with the process by myself at home without being with devotees. That's not possible. Now, there may be some difficult situation that requires some distance and introspection. Okay, that's okay. But if you reach the conclusion Sadhu Sangha is no longer necessary, that's a concoction, a deviation. Again, Krishna himself needs Sadhu Sangha. What to speak of us? So, so we, have, we have to be very sincere and very intelligent so in which direction we are connecting ourselves to Sadhu Sangha. Oh, and depending on that connection, we will receive a particular inspiration, a particular uh, shelter, and that will take us to a particular goal in life. So, these are some words regarding this second stage of bhakti called Sadhu Sangha. And as you know, after having this proper Sadhu Sangha and connection with Guru and devotees, one officially starts his life of bhajan. So next stage will be Bhajana Kriya and Anarthani Briti, no? In devotional engagement and the cleaning of unwanted things. But maybe well of course we may speak about that in another moment. So I, I will rest my case here and if you have any questions or some comments we will spend some more minutes if you have time for answering whatever doubts there you may have. Uh, 
Да, ще приключа моето изложение тук и ще оставим малко време за въпроси и да отговорим всякакъв тип така съмнение и въпроси, които можете да имате. Махарадж говори, когато говори за Гуру, той казва той или тя. Защо говори и за тя като Гуру? When you speak about Guru, you say he or she. Why do you say she when you speak for a Guru? Why not? Защо не? There is no, no place in the scripture that say that Guru should be only man. Никъде в писанията не се казва, че Гуру трябва да бъде само мъж. So, that's basically the point. I mean, if you are a guru, if you are a guru, you are no longer man or no woman, actually. Всъщност, ако ти си гуру, вече не си нито мъж, нито жена. As I said yes before, for being a guru, you have to be above this agitation from material identification. Както казах преди, ако си гуру, трябва да бъдеш над това дразнение на материалните обусловения. So, a guru is not a man, a guru is not a woman, a guru is guru. Така че гуру не е нито мъж, нито жена, гуру е гуру. But yes, souls in female bodies have the potential to develop devotion in the same level as a male embodied jiva, basically, no? Душите в мъжко тяло имат същата способност, капацитет да развиват любов, према, както в мъжко тяло. Yeah, and I wanted to make that clear, because unfortunately there is nowadays in some places of the Gaudiya community some confusion in this regard. И аз държа това да го изясна, защото в днешно време има в Гаудия общността Some people are thinking the man has some inherently inherent superiority to ladies for for being gurus. Някои хора си мислят, че мъжете имат някаква такава наследена, вродена превъзходство пред жените за да бъдат гурут. So that's a very gross misunderstanding. First thing we are taught is we are not this body. Това е много грубо неразбиране на нещата. Първото нещо, което ни учат е, че ние не сме това тяло. So if you say we are not this body, but women can't be gurus because whatever. I mean, it's totally nonsense. И ако ти кажеш, ние не сме това тяло, но жените не могат да бъдат гуру заради еди какво си нещо, това е безуми. But again, as we say today, eligibility for being guru is not being man nor being woman. It's having particular attributes. Както казах на днес, квалификация да бъдеш гуру не е дали си мъж или жена, дали имаш едни конкретни качества, атрибути. So if those attributes are in a man or in a woman, they can be gurus, no problem. И ако тези атрибути са в мъж или жена, те могат да бъдат гуру, няма проблем. Of course, I'm saying this way it's not a cheap thing. Oh, I have the attributes, I will be guru. It's not like a business. I mean... Това не е нещо, което не си кажа, аз имам така, че това ще бъде гуру, не това не е бизнес. Бъде гуру е много сериозен сервис, че генерално не може да бъде това от тези гуру или от някакъв байшнав, да бъде това сервис. Да си гуру е много сериозна работа, която обикновено човек ще получи като служене, което обикновено човек ще получи от своя гуру или от някой по-виш байшнава. Това е възможност? Разбираш ли отговора, ясен ли е? 
Yes, yes, Maharaj. Okay. Thank you. What else? Any other question? I have a question. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much for the wonderful class. And uh, my question is about uh, the importance of uh, diksha initiation. Mm -hmm. Now I'm reading uh, Art of Sadhana by Puri Maharaj. And what impressed me a lot is that he's, he's speaking about initiation uh, like only uh, diksha in the Gyatri Mantra, but not for Harinam initiation. Uh, he even said that if you hear uh, the holy name, you're considered initiated in it. <laughs> so uh, I'm a little bit confused because in our case it wasn't so. And what is the importance of this diksha? And the second part of the question is, um, is it then when you receive diksha initiation, uh, when the Guru implants this seed of his mood in your heart, or mm -hmm. it comes later. Mm -hmm. И втората част въпроса беше дали по време на дикша посвещението Гуру засява семето на неговото настроение в сърцето ти или това става по-късно? Окей, so you have three more hours for my answer? Отглеждате три часа за отговора ми. Рада Гиридар е много дънжерес, когато тя презентира въпроси. I have three hours, Maharaj. But it's nice. It's, I, 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 like, I like those dangerous questions. I say dangerous because the answer could be very, very long. But well, I'll try to be as brief as possible, but there are two or three questions in one. So, so first the idea of initiation and diksha and harinam and all these terms that sometimes the body have, doesn't have a very clear idea. What's what? Sometimes we speak even in terms of first initiation and second initiation. But the traditional terms for, for this actually is Harinam and Diksha. So, strictly speaking, Diksha means initiation. So, but when I'm saying this, I'm not putting Harinam as a lower thing. Because what can be higher than Harinam? Narutam said, Goloker Premadam Harinam Sankirtam. This Harinam is coming directly from Golok Vrindavan, so you cannot put that down. So the scripture says actually that Harinam, which is Krishna himself, not different from his name, 
Писанието казва, че Харинам, който е Кришна самия, той не е различен от своето име. Казва се, че този Харинам е независим от дикшата. So you you can receive Harinam and you are actually that's why the, that's called Harinam. You are receiving Harinam. You are receiving the name of Krishna. Even on, on, on ancient times this Harinam was given not necessity of spiritual name or things like this. That was coming at Diksha time. Едно време, в по-древни времена, Харинам се давало без необходимостта от духовно име и така нататък. Това е идвало на, по време на дикша просвещение. So different lineages and different achara have made this a little different. That's not the most important thing. Различните линии и учители са направили тук някакви разлики в това, но това не е много важно. So we shouldn't become entangled in detail, details. Не трябва да бъдем да се оплитаме в тези детайли. So the, on one side the scripture says Harinam is independent of Diksha. So in other words, you can receive Krishna in the form of his name without the necessity of some sort of initiation. So one may think, okay, so I Heard Mahaman try like that and started chanting. That's okay. I I received Harinam. And you can say, okay, yes, because on one side, on one sense, we also had that experience. We chanted Mahamantra before receiving the Mahamantra from Sri Guru. И ние може да кажем, да, така е, нали, ние също сме възпявали сято име преди, така да скажа, да получим тази мантра от Шири Гуру. So one may ask, so what's the necessity of receiving Harinam at one point from Imparamparas if, if, if that's independent of initiation? А, някой може да пита какъв е смисъл да получаваме Харинам в някакъв момент от нали, Парампара, като а няма нужда от инициатива. But actually, when the scriptures say Harinam is independent of initiation, it's trying to speak about the power of Harinam, how independent Harinam is from anything. But also when you go to the ten offenses to Harinam, uh, the third one is Gurora Bhagnya. Също така, когато стигнаме до десете оскърбления, първото е Гурора Вагня. Which means to neglect the principle of Sri Guru. Което означава да, да пренебрегнем принципа на Sri Guru. So you have this other thing. I mean, on one side, Harinam is independent of initiation. И от една страна имаме това нещо, Харинам е независимо от инициацията. But on the other side, The, one of the offenses of the Harinam is to be to neglect the principle of Guru, to neglect initiation. So as we say before, Krishna Harinam is Krishna himself. And Krishna likes to give himself through his devotee. И Кришна обича да се дава на себе си, на своите предани. So Harinam, Krishna himself, likes to give himself to us through some devotee. 
И всъщност Харина Кришна самия обича да дава себе си на другите чрез някои бахти. So that's why we accept Harinam from a particular devotee and not just chant ourselves. And at that point that when we receive Harinam, we start to receive a particular seed, if you will, or influence from that person. И в момента, в който ние получаваме Харинам, ние получаваме конкретно семе или влияние от този човек. Because again, we are not only receiving Harinam, but we are receiving the particular feeling and insight of the person who is sharing that sound with us. И ние всъщност получаваме определено така чувство, нали, осъзнаване по темата от този човек, който споделя това с нас. So, as As we receive that and we properly chant like this, eventually we receive Diksha. And Diksha is what sometimes is officially called initiation. It doesn't mean that it's more important than Harinam. Sorry. Actually, the Diksha mantra, when we say Diksha, we are referring to the mantras we receive at that moment. That we sometimes call the Gayatri, but actually it's called Diksha mantras, because all, not all of them are Gayatris. So all those mantras are there to assist us in our chanting of Harinam. Но всички тези мантри са там, за да ни помогнат в нашето възпяване на Харинам. For us to further develop our relationship with Guru, Goranga, Radha Krishna, the mantras go. За да развиваме по-нататък, по-добре своята връзка с Гуру, Горанга, Рада Кришна, там върват тези мантри. So, Sila Siamaraj compared the two of these initiations to two circles. Sila Siamaraj ки сравнява тези две инициации на два кръга. So, he said, Харинам is a wide, bigger circle. Харинам е един по-голям, по-широк кръг. And Diksha is like a smaller circle inside. И Диксха е като един по-малък кръг вътре. So Harinam can, can reach down to the lowest side and take you to the highest realm. Харинам може да, до най- да слезе до най-низките етажи и да се закара до най-висшата реалност. But Diksha will just go to a certain level. We go, go not so down. It requires that you are certainly qualified at some level to reach you there. I will take you to a certain height. Not, not so higher than Harinam. So these Diksha mantras are complementary in the service of our chanting of Harinam, our main sadhana. And, and all these Diksha mantras also have Harinam inside, have, have the name of Krishna everywhere. And these particular Diksha mantras or formulas are the ones who allow us, for example, to worship the deity. 
формули ни са тези, които ни позволяват, например, да обожаваме муртите. So the moment of diksha is some sort of acknowledgement by the guru to the disciple, okay, you have chanted properly, we have established some relationship, now we receive diksha. И също с момента на дикша е едно един вид признаване от страна на гуруто да, към ученика, да, ти правилно си възпявал, нали, вече сме се така сближили, затова получаваш дикша. So дикша е връзка, нали? Yeah, дикша like дикша е едно по-нататъчна потвърждение на връзката, която се изгражда между учител и ученик. But again, not necessarily you, everyone needs diksha for attaining the goal of life. No, Harinam is, is more than enough, it's chintaman, it's a touchstone. We know, for example, the famous case of Haridas Thakur, he was called Namacharya. Знаем известен случай на Харидас Такур, който бил наречен Намачари. But he was born in a Muslim family. Той роден в семейство на мисюмани. And in the social system of that time he was an outcast. В социалната система на това време той бил такъв някакъв извънкаст. So they were not receiving Gayatri nor this type of mantras. Те не получавали Gayatri или някакъв такъв тип мантри. So he only chanted Harinam. Той възпявал само Харинам. He only chanted Harinam. В кавички само възпявал Харинам. And became Namachari and reached the highest goal in that way. И станал Намачари и стигнал до най-вишната цел в този смисъл. So, basically this will be the, the relationship between Harinam and Diksha. И така да се каже, това е връзката между Харинам и Диксха. The most important thing in these two moments are the sounds we are receiving. Because sometimes the devotees became more distracted and oh, in Diksha I will be a Brahmana, we'll have my thread and there will be fire sacrifice and all those are external things. And in Harinam, oh, Guru, Guru, they will give me a new name, which gay name will he give me? And, and that's our main concern, just if I like or not my new name or something like this. Again, the the importance is the sound that is coming in that moment, the rally, the insect that is coming, and that's beginning in Harinam, and of course it's further confirmed in, in Diksha. So some words about that. I'm trying to be brief, but I hope it's clear. Thank you very much, Maharaj. Thank you. Okay. So, well, I think we are on time already. I don't know what time is it there now. Yes, 8.30. Okay. If you are agree, we may finish here. Can I just uh, ask something small? Maybe if it's not small, we can drop it, okay? Yeah, question can be small. Answer, I cannot guarantee you. <laughs> it's about the Gayatri Mantra and the Harina. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
the, the thing you said about Shivashita uh, Maharaj, but I've been listening to some classes of Tipurari Maharaj where he is saying that, uh, at least I understood it like this, that Gayatri uh, gives us even the more specific and uh, concrete direction mm -hmm. so that uh, the now can bring us to the transcendental plane, but also to uh, Vaikuntha, also to other at other levels of the spiritual world, but Gayatri pinpoints us exactly to the uh, level of Radha Krishna and even to the most uh, intimate part. So in this regard, it can take us higher than the Harina, or I don't know. I mean, you ha well, I have to understand those statements in, in proper context. You can translate uh, your question also in, in Bulgarian. Yes. Въпросът ми беше, че слушах това, което той каза за Гаятри мантрата, аз слушах на Александри Правима Радж, че Гаятри може да ни заведе много конкретно към колока Вриндаван и най-интимите сгорени на Рада Кришна, докато Харинам ни закарва до още трансценталната платформа, но това може да бъде и Вайкунта. И го питах за това и той каза, че трябва да се разберат тези две изказвания в някакви конкрети контексти. So you yes. translated my first part of the answer. Yes. So when we say Harinam, we also are implying Yuga Dharma. So Yuga Dharma is something very broad, it's not just pointing in one specific direction. Yuga Dharma is no, even people from other sects or Vaishnava from other Sampradayas are also chanting Harinam. And maybe their conception of the meaning of the name is different from ours. And some they chant Hare Krishna mantra and can see Ram as Ramachandra. And, and, and go in that direction. And there is a place for that. I mean, again, Harinam is Yuga Dharma, so it applies in Kali Yuga to whatever one may need in transcendence. And as I say, Harinam is Chintamani, a touchstone. So you heard, you translated what I say about Chintamani? Yes. So if you chant for material gain, some material gain will come. If you want Mukti, Mukti will come like this. So if you have, if you chant Harinam with a Vaikuntha conception, Harinam will take you there. A Jodhya conception will take you there. Even if you have a Brindavan conception and you have inclined towards Sakyaras, you can understand the Ram in connection to Balaram, so it can take you there. And of course you have the conception of Mahamantra connected to Radha and Krishna and the conjugal mellow and you can go there as well. 
И ако разбира се, ако имаш възприятието за Маха Мантра, като ради и Кришна в тяхните любовни емоции, там ще ти заведе. So in that sense, Harinam is a general thing and can take you anywhere, basically. В този смисъл, Харинам е нещо общо и може да заведе на всякъде. But also the idea is that if you are receiving Harinam from a guru, the, har, the sound, the Harinam is not coming alone. Но идеята е всъщност, че ти ако получаваш Харинам от гуру, този звук не идва сам. But actually you are receiving what we call some Bandagyan. Conceptual, conceptual orientation. So, again, as I said, you receive Harinam from a guru, but that guru has a feeling that is pointing in one direction. So that sound is not abstract, it's coming and trying to take you in a particular direction. And from that guru, Diksha Guru, Harinam Guru, Siksha Guru, you will receive instructions pointing in a particular direction also. И така от този Харинам Гуру, Шикша Гуру, Дикша Гуру, ти ще получиш инструкции, които сочат в тази посока също. Разбирате ли, Харинам ще те заведе навсякъде, но ти получаваш звука в конкретна посока, в конкретно настроение. So in that sense, Harinam is not something generic or abstract. It can be very specific and take us to the ultimate goal. Той смисъл, Харинам не е нещо такова общо и абстрактно, нещо много, може да бъде нещо много конкретно, което води към конкретна цел. And the point is that after that you will receive Diksha. Diksha will come when you have received eventual Sambanda Gyan. И след това ще получиш Диша, Диша ще той, когато си получил нали, Sambanda Gyan. So at that point when you receive the Diksha mantras, you already have a particular conception in mind. And you will receive those mantras in a particular direction also. And of course the mantras are specific, not speaking Guru, Goranga, like this, but again, you will receive them already having a certain orientation. И разбира се, тези мантри са доста специфични, гуру, горанга и така нататък, ти ще ги получиш вече имайки конкретна ориентация. Ако ти на се прошепне на някой гора гаятри, това няма да е за него нещо конкретно. And that's why these mantras are said to be secret, in the sense that if you try to read them or take them without receiving them with proper education, you won't understand them. So also in that sense we could make a case to say those mantras are also not very specific. But also they are specific, but if we don't have the proper education it will be like, what's this about? Също така може да кажем, че тези мантри не са толкова специфични, защото ако нямаш правилното... Те са специфични, но ако нямаш правилното обучение и ги получиш такъв, но това за какво става дума сега? So again, it's not only the sounds that are coming, but also the other sounds that will be coming in the form of instructions and guidance and conception to properly conceptualize the mantra, Harinam and so on. Всъщност, много става дума за звука, който получаваш, но и другите звуци, които получаваш, като насоки, като начин за осъзнаване на този звук, на къде те води и така. But again, the highest, the highest reach 
compared Diksha Mantra on Harinam, Harinam is the one who takes us to the highest reach. Но пак относно най-висшата, докъде стига най-далече, кое стига най-високо, Харинам е това, което може да изведе има най-така голямо обсек And also, just for finishing, we have the famous example of the Brihad Bhagavatam Rita. Where the main character, Gopa Kumar, travels all around the different planets. Not, not only material planets, but spiritual planets as well. Only, only by chanting Gopal Mantra. He's, that's the the ship that is taking him everywhere. But eventually when he when he has to to perfect himself further, he's sent from the spiritual world back to earth. And at that point the instruction is stop chanting your Gopal Mantra and perform Harinam Sankirtan. И в този момент инструкцията спри да възпяваш своята глупава мантра и изпълнявай Харинама Санкертан. So that was the highest reach of the Gopal Mantra that took Gopakumar to full Harinama Sankirtan. И това е най-висшата посока, най-висшия обсек, където е довела неговата Gopal Mantra до там да изпълнява Харинама Санкертан. And by that Harinama Sankirtan, Gopakumar attained Golok Brindavan. И от този Харинам Санкертан Гопа Кумар постига Глока Виндаван. So again, as I said before, the, the fullest reach of the Diksha Mantras are to take us to full Харинам Санкертан, are there to assist us in our chanting of Харинам. Както казах и преди, истинската нали, целта на тези Дикша Мантри да ни заведат там да постигнем Харинам Санкертан и да ни асистират в това. Окей, само идея. Yeah, yes. okay. thank you very much. Great. So thanks so much to all of you. Very happy to yeah. to see you. Thank you very My greetings to the devotees there in the Yatra and hopefully to yeah. see you very soon via yes. Zoom. Yes, Pamela Maharaj ki jai. Jai Sri Harinam Sankirtan ki jai. Sadhu Sang ki jai. Shriman Mahaprabhu ki jai. 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 Gaur Bhakta Vrind ki jai. Okay. 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 Okay